Let's jump into the message today. And so I got a few minutes to share out of Matthew chapter 6. And last week we started this series talking about the kingdom of God. Y'all remember that? Okay, there's a lot that's happened in my last week, and so I don't remember a lot of things in the last week. Uh, I've had some late nights at camp. I've had a few moments where I had to dance and break it down to help the kids get loose. You know what I'm saying? Listen, as a leader, you have to do what you have to do to set the atmosphere. Can I tell you? And sometimes if you got to mix it up a little bit to get the kids going, you do it. Amen? A few adults in here, you need to loosen up a little bit. Anyway, Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. Bust up my little dance up here. It says this. Let's, go, let's do some business, all right? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? That is Sunday all in one. What are we eating for lunch? What are you going to wear? This is every day. He says, don't worry about these things. Verse 32, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. He already knows all your needs. So seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Isn't that a powerful verse of Scripture? Let's pray, and then we're going to jump in. Father, we love you. Thank you for this opportunity to gather. Thank you that we can come and worship you in this place. I pray that as we jump into your word today, Father, that you will speak something to us. Let it be more than a sermon. Let it be a word that motivates us. Let it be a word that catches our attention. Let it be a word that challenges us and changes us. Father, use me to be a voice, your voice, to your people today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you remember last week, we kicked off our summer school series. Over the summer, the plan is to to teach about some different things that I think has a direct effect on our everyday lives. And so we started out by talking about the kingdom of God, and we talked about how Jesus mentioned the kingdom, preached about the kingdom quite a bit. In fact, it was his first sermon, the very first thing whenever he began preaching, he was preaching the message, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And we talked about how there's many parables that he illustrates what the kingdom of God is all about. And it's found right there in the middle of teaching people how to pray. He said, your kingdom come, your will be done. And so we took the time last week to give a working definition of what the kingdom of God is from a biblical perspective. And we said that it could be seen as God's universal and eternal reign as creator in Jesus's complete work as redeemer. And we said that it is eternal and it is unlimited. You can't stop it. You can't hope to contain. There's nothing you can do. The kingdom of God is still going. It is forcefully advancing regardless of what happens in our world. And we got a few things that are happening in our world. Can I get an amen? amen. But the kingdom of God isn't stopping. In fact, what they say on the news cannot stop the kingdom of God. They can trash the church, and it's still not going to stop the kingdom of God. Amen? 
the kingdom keeps going, it keeps advancing no matter what because God sits on the throne. And the next time you get stressed out, just remember God is still on the throne. Amen? Amen. He's still on the throne, and it's not going to fall apart. So we dove into this thing a little bit, and we said in the kingdom, first thing is that Jesus is the king. Every kingdom has a king, but Jesus is the king. But he operates differently than the kings that we know of, because most kings operate as a dictator, but Jesus operates as a loving savior. He is king of kings. He is lord of lords, but he's operating out of love. Amen? He's not selfish. He's selfless, because he gave his life on the cross for each and every one of us so that we can live and walk in freedom. That's a good king, my friend. That's a really, really good king. So in the kingdom, Jesus is king, but we also said that the Holy Spirit is the power in the kingdom. In the world, you have these governmental systems like that like to exercise their power, and they like to use control to lead the people. But in the kingdom of God, the Holy Spirit isn't trying to control. He's trying to bring us some freedom. Amen. Amen. And not just freedom to do whatever we want, because you can do that. Did you know you could do whatever you want to do? And some of y'all like, Pastor, be careful right there. I don't have to, because people do it whether you tell them that or not. But not everything you do is beneficial for you. And some of you are still reaping the consequences of that in your own personal life because you did some things you wanted to do and you realize, ooh, that wasn't a good idea. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Look at your neighbor and say, I know, I know what he's talking about. That wasn't a good idea. But the Holy Spirit, the power of the kingdom is the Holy Spirit. What does he do? He leads us guides us. He directs us. He comforts us. He counsels us. He does convict us, but what does he convict us unto? Righteousness. He's trying to lead you into what God has for you and who God wants you to be instead of beating you down for who you have been. Did you grab that today? Because that right there was worth the whole time coming to church. He's trying to help you become who God wants you to be. And so in the kingdom, Jesus is the king. The Holy Spirit is the power. But the church is the people of the kingdom. Amen. The church is the people. These are those who put their trust in Jesus as Savior. And they believe and trust and confess him as the Lord of their lives. Meaning this. I don't just go to church. I don't just agree with what they're teaching. Because you can look at a kingdom and like it, but that doesn't mean that you're submitted to it. Whenever you say that he is the Lord of my life, and you trust him as Lord, and you follow him as Lord, now you are actively participating in the kingdom of God, okay? So that was last week. So this week, this week, I'm going to go back to camp for a moment with you. Because this week, I saw the kingdom of God in action, right there in my face, just full force in your face. And it wasn't because of the services at the camp, although they were incredible. Can I tell you, the worship, top-notch, so good, man. 
The messages were incredible, mind-blowing. Just uh, on Wednesday night, there was a teaching about worship, and you would be so proud of your kids because they were all standing at the front of the stage, everyone, and they were up and down, up and down the whole time, sitting down, standing up, kneeling down, standing up, lifting their hands, sitting down, because there was an exhaustive teaching on worship. I'm not talking about make you go to sleep because you couldn't sleep during this message, but they were teaching young people about how to worship God. And to see them engage in worship as they were teaching it. He would teach a point, and then they would demonstrate it. The band would start playing. The kids would respond and worship. By the time we got to the last point, you started seeing kids just start to cry. Just breaking in the presence of God. Not a bad break. I'm talking about a good breaking. Where God was just touching them, and it was uncontrollable. And they were looking at each other with that feeling of, what is happening to me? You know what I'm saying? And just tears were flowing. And and we were just watching these moments. And I thought, this is the kingdom. This is the kingdom of God. To see 300 plus young people having these moments with God, even though they all have a million things they could be doing. Even though they got a phone in their pocket that had no service, praise God. (laughs) Some of you as adults couldn't make it. Your kids did better than you. I'm telling you. I'm complimenting them. Those kids were awesome, man. We didn't have no behavioral issues, man. Well, guys were awesome, man. But what I saw was young adults who were serving as youth leaders at this camp, literally giving up a week of vacation, a week of their vacation, And paid to go be with these students. And I sat there and I was like, that's the kingdom, my friend. And some of you, that's crazy. I'd never go on my vacation. I mean, I I work hard and all this. I'm telling you, it was amazing to see people giving up so that kids can experience God. To think about these teenagers that live in a world of excess. That's the word I'll use. And entertainment. And hey, let's not get mad at them. We're the ones that gave it to them. You know what I'm saying? Like, like let's, let's, let's quit being upset with the fruit. That's the tree we planted. Amen? And seeing these kids disconnect from it and connect with God, pouring out their hearts with worship, was incredible. And a moment ago, Cynthia made reference to it, to, to see my own kids worshiping God. And just in the presence of God, just crying out to God was unbelievable. And that's why I say that's probably the top camp experience I ever had, to see my kids hugging each other just in the presence of God and praying over each other, seeing Cody hugging Logan and just praying over him. Just awesome. Seeing Elijah, you'll see it up on the screen, Elijah praying over Judah. Cynthia and I are just like, what in the world? Watching Ricky go pray for that little guy unbelievable moment just Cynthia and I just couldn't contain it just crying just crying and not bad crying good crying just seeing God move on these kids in their lives knowing that man there's so many things that our young people need but in this moment they're experiencing the presence of God that is touching them in so many ways and in so many areas that they have needs and it was just was mind-blowing and All I could do is sit there and say, God, what did I do to deserve this moment right here? Like, how how did I get to be here 
tonight. There's a lot of parents that would love that moment. And listen, I'll be honest. I had my phone out. I was trying to take pictures of all your kids, just trying to get in there because I know those moments mean everything. And I couldn't get to them because they're all like tackled on top of each other. I mean, it was some beautiful moments and I couldn't get the pictures. And I was just so overwhelmed. Like, God, what, did, what in the world? What, what, how, does, how does this happen? And God spoke to me. And this is what I want to use to set up this message today. He said, you did this for years investing in other people's kids. You did this for years investing in other people's kids. And now it's your turn. And I don't say that selfishly, y'all, because at the time we were just doing what God called us to do. That's it. We were doing what God called us to do, being faithful in that lane, even though it was stretching our family, even though it was some uncomfortable moments, even though it was a lot of nights of the week that we couldn't be home, even though it was get up again on Sunday and go, even though we don't feel like it, all the things that we didn't feel like to sit there at that moment and watch that happen. I just said, God, it was worth it. I would do it again and I would do even more. I would do it again and I would do even more just to have that moment to see what happened. And this is what I realized, y'all. This is what I realized because m- many of you would say, I think that's great, Pastor Wade. You raised your kids in church. And at that moment, I realized it's so much more than just raising your kids in church. And as parents and as believers, we got to get to the point to where we stop doing the minimal Amen. And I'm not trying to step on top. I'm just trying to help you guys to grasp this. This ain't about minimal. This is about God. I give you my all. You know what I'm saying? I give you my all. And when you give God your all, I'm telling you, you see it return. But we didn't just raise them in church. We raised them to have a kingdom mindset. We raised them to understand that you're part of the kingdom of God. And this, my friends, is what I want to talk about today, because there's a lot of people in here at church that just sees this as church. You just see it as church and you feel better because you went to church, but you can live better if you live in the kingdom. And there's a lot of people, listen to me, in the church that's on the outside looking in to the kingdom. There's a lot of people looking from the outside in, and they want all of that. And they thought, if I would just do what everybody else does, I'll get what everyone else has. But I don't want what everyone else has. I want what God has. And so I can't settle for just what everybody does. i got to go for what God wants in my life. When you go for what God wants, you see and you experience all of it. So my heart for you today is to see that the most important thing in your life, and I just said it, the most important thing in your life is the kingdom of God. It is. I, and you're like, Pastor Wade, how can you say that? What about our family? Listen, your family is important, but the kingdom of God is so important. And if you can get your family into the kingdom, it's life-changing. I promise you it is life-changing. He said, if you will seek his kingdom and his righteousness, all these things, all these things, all these things. And can I tell you, I sat there the other night and I saw all these things. All the things that I prayed for, for my kids, 
other things I didn't even think to pray for saw it happening in front of me. And it blows my mind because I'd like to think we're that good as parents, but y'all, we all working. You know what I'm saying? We all working. You know what I'm saying? We all working. And God has just been so, so very good. We live in a world full of seekers. Seekers. Looking, searching, seeking for something. Something that's going to meet a need. Something that's going to fulfill a desire. Something that will give us purpose. Something that is going to fulfill a void that we have in our lives. And we look everywhere. We look everywhere. All of us at some point in our lives, especially as we're graduating high school, we begin to seek. We begin to look, trying to find our place, trying to figure out our path, trying to figure out what we're going to do and who we're going to be, which is recommended, by the way. Can I hear an amen? Because if you're coming out of high school and you ain't looking, something's wrong. All right. And so there needs to be this search and this seeking. And we look for things. And I'll I'll go ahead and say it. We look for things that only God can give and only God can provide in people. We look for it in relationships. We look for it in careers. We look for it even in family. We look for it in religion. We look for it in education. We look for it in politics. We look in all of these places believing that we can find it there. But what's so challenging is that in our hearts, this desire, this desire to be fulfilled seems to not ever be satisfied. I'll give you an example. We pray for God to give us a job. And we will press in. We will get spiritual. We will fast and pray. Call the prayer team. Get the great-grandmothers involved with the big, thick Bible with all the bookmarks in there. All of them. You know what I'm talking about? In fact, we'll go buy a real Bible, leather one. Not no paperback stuff. We need a real leather one. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Gold pages. And if you're really going to go to the next level, I need the thumb index. How many of y'all need the thumb index because you can't find it? Y'all were so happy when the app came out. Just a show of hands. How many of you ever participated in a Bible drill before? Come on. Some of you need to raise your hand better than that. You, be, you need to be proud of that, baby. They would just throw that verse out there. James chapter 1, verse 14. And you'd start reading it. It's like, what you want, sucker? And you just trash talking the dude on the stage. Now we got James 1, 14. Hold on. I don't have service in here. Ah. All right, back to the message. Um, We we have this desire. And we're not even sure where it came from. We would like to think that we put it there and we came up with it. But there are some desires that you have that you're longing to have them fulfilled. And so we go on this quest. and, And I will call it the search of our lives to fulfill it. But often we're left unsatisfied and that is frustrating to us because sometimes when we're unsatisfied we think oh man I messed up 
I did something wrong, and that was the wrong choice. That was the wrong job. That was the wrong this. That was the wrong marriage. That was the wrong, oh, we went there. That's the wrong, all of this stuff. And it's not necessarily that those things were wrong. It's that we were looking in the wrong places to get something that only God can give us. And so we've been mad at our spouse about it for years, and she's just like, I can't give that to you because I ain't God. And he's like, I can't be that for you because I ain't God. And you've gone to counselor after counselor, and you just need that revelation. Amen? And then we go job to job. And one season, it was like we were believing God. God gave us the job. It was the best thing ever. God, you're so faithful. You are Jira. You're the provider. You gave me the job of my dreams. And in two years, I hate this job. All these people are heathens and going to hell. I need a new job. Indeed. Indeed.com. Where are you at? Am I right? And you get that new job in two weeks in, it's like, oh, my God, what have I gotten into? These people think I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. I said too much in the interview. <laughs> and then somehow we do that. Just seeking. Seeking the next thing. Seeking something better. Always wanting what's next. Always wanting something. Always looking to see what else is out there. And it just creates disappointment. Disappointment. With all of these, and, and this is what we do. God help us. We just blame. My job, don't know how to treat people. But you told them in the interview you were a second mile kind of employee. So they showed you a one and a half mile kind of uh, responsibility, and you, oh, I have boundaries. You know what I'm saying? Like, where are we going with this, y'all? Like, we get disappointed in people, we get disappointed in our careers. Get disappointed with our family. We love them, but we get disappointed. And one time, it's what we thought we were looking for, but then it's not enough. At one point, it was a blessing. Now it's a burden. At one point, it was the promise, and now it's nothing but problems. Problems. And perhaps our hurts from these situations, and I'll even throw in this word, our hang-ups, has a way of distorting our vision. Because we're seekers. And so we turn into people, watch this, I don't really know what I want, but I know what I don't want. <laughs> I don't want a job like that. Well, what kind of job do you want? I don't know, I just want the kind of job where you don't have to work every day. <laughs> right? Want the kind of job where I'm off all the time. That's not a job. That's called poor. <laughs> um, perhaps it's not just hurts and hang-ups that has influenced our vision, but maybe it's current trends and current influences of the times that redirects our vision. Because it's influential. I don't know if y'all know this. We live in a sight and sound world. And you are processing images so fast every day. The world is throwing images at you faster than what you can handle. You remember when you were a kid, you loved the picture books? Remember that? You didn't care about reading. I just liked the pictures. Some of you, you're still there. <laughs> That's okay. Ain't nothing wrong with it, bro. Own it. But do you realize the images that you see every day, 
that go from the greatest thing to the most incredibly tough things all in one day, and we sit there and we have to process all of that, and we think that will have absolutely no effect on our vision and what we are seeking and who we are seeking, it's intoxicating. Then perhaps we just always look in the wrong place. Got a story. Several years ago, um, our car was stolen from our home. Ella Pearl's laughing. It's nothing to laugh about, Ella Pearl. This set us back financially a little bit, baby. And I remember the morning going out of the house to bring my kids to school when the car was gone. And I started looking everywhere. And when I tell you everywhere, I looked everywhere. Y'all, I was looking in totes in the garage for the car. I mean, this ain't a Hot Wheel, it's a Camry. You know what I'm saying? But I, was, I looked in the fridge, and Judah says, hey, Dad, don't you think maybe the car was stolen? Like Captain Obvious, you know what I'm saying? But I was looking everywhere, and I was so anxiously searching because I was desperate that I began to look in places that there was no way that that car could ever be found. And I, I'm telling you, I was in the garage looking through boxes because I was so in search mode. I went into the rabbit hole of searching and I forgot what I was even looking for. I forgot that, wait a minute, a camera isn't going to fit in the fridge. It's not going to fit in this black tote with a yellow lid in the garage. It just doesn't fit. But I was so desperate in my searching that I began to look in the wrong places. Man. And this is what makes me nervous about seeking is that there are so many people because of factors like this that are searching and seeking and so many places believing that if I looked harder and I and if I just seek a little bit more, I'm going to find exactly what I'm looking for only to continue on the little hamster wheel of life and never being satisfied. Never being satisfied with what really matters, but settling for worldly success and missing out on eternal promise. Man. Missing out on eternal matters because in the moment, I am freaking out. In the moment, I'm freaking out about my kids. So we've got to do something that's fun because they're down right now. And so we're going to put aside the important stuff like church because we need to focus on fun right now. And next thing you know, three months down the road, we can't even get our kids in the house of God anymore. Man. Been to camp. Sorry. Here's another one. Perhaps we don't even know what we're looking for. We're just so unfulfilled that we're looking and looking. We don't even know what it is we're looking for. So what do we do? We begin to look like everyone else. And I mean that in a couple of ways. We adapt how we search to how everyone else searches. So what are you doing? What do y'all do? Oh, they look successful, so let's just do what they do. They look like they got it all together, so let's just do it like them. Whatever they do, let's just do what they do. This is where comparison begins to show up. This is the stuff, y'all. This is where the real life is happening. So what happens? We just start all looking like each other. 
all looking like each other, looking for something that we can't find. And can I tell you what that's called? That's called lost. It's called lost. When, when my car was stolen, I know someone stole it, but here's the reality. We lost it. There was a loss. And I was looking everywhere, and I had to come to grips with, it's lost. It's gone. And so I can either keep searching for it, or I can search for what I need. So watch this. This is what has happened to us. We've become so occupied with images and looks. And we don't realize they're becoming idols. And we're bowing down to them every day. Images. How many images do you see in a day that is influencing who you are and who you're becoming? You never thought of that before, but you saw that. And now it's influencing you to become that. And it's everywhere. But it's an image. It's looks. I don't want to look stupid. I don't want my family to look like they don't do anything fun. I mean, we could keep going down this for days, y'all. But we settle for images and looks, not realizing that they are becoming idols. Because he said, you will not have any images before me. That's one of the Ten Commandments. And I know you're like, oh, pastor, we're under grace. Don't preach that law. No, you cannot put something before God and expect God to just bless your life. Like, if I wanted to give Cynthia $1,000 right now, and I wanted to bless her with it, and Michael Kroom ran over here and got in the way, it's going to be a little challenging. But it's one thing when somebody comes getting in the way. It's another thing when we put something in our way. The most valuable thing we have is our lives and our families. Come on. And we're putting things in front of God. And no wonder we can't get God's blessing on our lives. Right? So what are you seeking? What are you looking for? Say it like this. If you aren't seeking the kingdom of God, none of this will ever be enough. It will always disappoint you. For a season, it'll be great. But after a while, it's not what you thought. You can't find heaven on earth without Jesus. Okay? And that fulfillment that you're searching for to fill that hole, that desire, it can only be found in Jesus. In fact, I should put the verse, delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. The problem is we just try to find delight. Delight yourself in the Lord. It's in the Lord. I got to find the Lord to get the delight. Not the delight to get the Lord. Y'all see that? Yeah. <laughs> and when I find the Lord, I get the delight and I get the desires. Okay, that's another message. So here's what I learned. The most important thing that you can do is to seek God and his kingdom. The most important thing you can do in your life, no matter what stage you're at, no matter where you're at, is to seek God and his kingdom. And this is what he, he wants. I'm going to sum it up. He wants us to want him. 
That's what he wants. Not I got to. I want to. Come on. Like, like I don't, I don't want to live a life of I got to go to date night with Cynthia. She's not going to enjoy that. I want to live the life of I want to go to date night with Cynthia. Come on, somebody. That might help some people in this place today. See, we have settled for following rules instead of following the Lord. We have settled even for following our heart. Your heart is bad. In fact, you know what the Bible says? Deceit is found in your heart. Some of you, when you were about 16, your heart was after that one person. And she told you no, and that was the hand of God keeping her from your life. And now you look and you're like, thank God I didn't follow my heart. And thank God she wouldn't let me give my heart to her because I'd be a mess. Let me bring this to you right here. Because I was trying to sum up seeking the kingdom in a phrase, in a couple of sentences. And this is what I wrote down. I don't know what I am even looking for. But I'm seeking God and seeking his ways. And if I seek him, he will always find me with everything I was ever looking for and more than I even knew to look for. I'm going to read that again because I didn't put it on a screen and I should have. And I, I don't know if they're cap they have the capabilities of copying and pasting that and putting that on a slide. But I'm going to read it again. I don't know what I am even looking for. I'm looking for all kinds of things, but I don't even know what I'm looking for at this point. But I'm seeking God and I'm seeking his ways. And if I seek him, he always finds me. Hmm. With everything I was ever looking for and more than I even knew to look for. He wants me to want him. When you begin to seek him, here's a verse, draw close to God and he will draw close to you. He's looking for you to make a move. He's like, well, I'm not the first move kind of person. <laughs> and here's the good news. He's already made the first move. When he sent Jesus, he made the move. Because he came to look for you. Jesus is looking for you. I'll prove it to you. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. He's looking for those who are Ever been there? I'll say it like this. He's looking for those with a loss. Because in Psalms, he says that he's close to those who are brokenhearted. He's close. He's looking for those who are lost and those with the loss. Here's another verse, John chapter 4, verse 23. But the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now. When? Now. now. When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, the Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. We were seeing that song, Mercy is Fallen. Lift up your hands, receive it now. So many of you that I know, we have had conversations, and you need the mercy of God. And there you are, hand in your pocket, at a moment when you should have been lifting your hands. Again, I want to give you $1,000, but I can't just sit there and shove it in your pocket. That would be weird. 
but if you can hold out your hands. You know what I'm saying? If I told TJ, I'm going to give you a 1,000, I know this dude. He's going to be up here. He's going to put them hands out. You say, why do you pick on the people that don't lift their hands in worship? Well, why don't you just lift your hands in worship? Psalm 14, verse 2, the Lord looks down from heaven on the entire human race. He looks to see if anyone is truly wise, if anyone seeks God. He's looking for those who are looking for him. Where you at? This morning when you woke up, did you already regret the day? Oh, man, got to go to church. Did you already regret the day? Because what if today was the day? You know what I'm talking about? What if today was the day that it happened? What if today was the day that you got to witness the hand of God in your kid's life? What if today was the day? You would say, I almost didn't go. I almost didn't go. But something in me told me I got to be there. I got to be there because I can't miss this. So let me wrap it up right here. This is what kingdom living is. You ready? This is kingdom living because next week I got to go on. Next week's Father's Day. Do not miss this message next week. Powerful, powerful, powerful message next Sunday. You got to be here. This is kingdom living. Number one, we live dependent. We live dependent on God. We depend on God for wisdom. Amen? We depend on God for provision. Hey, before we panic about gas prices, I don't like it. But I know that God is a provider. Amen? Can, can, can we turn off the panic button and remember our Father is a provider? And can we go back to Matthew 6.33? If you seek Him first in His righteousness, all these things, why are you worried about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear? Why are you worried about how you're going to pay for your gas? I know. Go to work. Don't quit. Depend on God, though. People who are living in the kingdom, kingdom living people, live dependent on God for wisdom, for provision, for purpose, for directions. Can I throw another one in there? Corrections. Uh, I'm going to be nice. And I don't want this to come out the wrong way. A lot of people are going to counseling for things they need correction for. And they don't want authority in their life to correct it because they're afraid that authority is going to break them. But godly authority is there to build you, man. And some of this thing, just there, there needs some authority to correct some things in our lives. Amen? Gosh. So kingdom living, we live dependent, meaning God, I need you. God, I need, and not just when all the world is going crazy. God, it's good, but I'm smart enough to know I need you. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's wonderful. My kids are awesome, but God, I need you because I know there's crazy stuff out there, and I need you. Here's the second thing. We live diligent. We live diligent. I'm going to seek you first. That is where I am looking. I'm looking to him, not to them. I'm looking to him, not at all that. 
Listen, young people trying to figure out the direction for your life. Everybody has a piece of advice to give you about what you should do, what you shouldn't do, how much money you need to make, all that stuff. Consider what they say, but go to the Lord and do what God tells you to do because we all quit that first job. And we all changed our major. And some of us even quit. Some of us went into ministry. Let me ask you this, parents. What would you do if God called your kid to the ministry? Would you try to redirect them away from it because I don't know if they're going to make it? Real story. My uncle, when I told him I was called to the ministry, he told me I'd be poor the rest of my life. I'm serious. He told me that. Cynthia and I are living better. I'm going to be careful how I say that, but I'm telling you, we're in a better situation. Seek first the kingdom and all these things, man. I'm telling you, all these things. And here's why. Can I just say that? Here's why. It wasn't because we went to work for a church. Because ministry is so much more than going to work for a church. It is doing what God said to do. That's kingdom living. Amen? That is kingdom living. All right. All right. Back to this. We live diligently. I seek him first. He's my priority. He is my prayer. He is my, I am going to worship him. I am going to serve I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve. And I'm going to give. Can I say this to you? Every time you serve, you're making an investment in God's kingdom that is going to bring a reward. It is going to bring a reward. Is it stretching your family? Every time. Every single time. But if you serve God faithfully, you will see the reward. You will. Prayer. Worship. God, I'm going to be diligent. I don't feel like praying today. I'm still going to do it. Oh, I don't feel like worshiping this Sunday. I'm still going to do it. I don't feel like, sir, it's summer. I need a break. I don't feel like, sir, I'm still going to do it. Because it's an investment. Stop looking at what it costs you and start seeing what it's going to return to you. Come on now. So this is what it's saying. This is what it's saying. God is my priority. God is my priority. Here's the last one. Number three. We live dependent. We live diligent. We live different. And this is the hard one. Because we want to fit in. This is the hard one. Because it's normal to go to church. And in most circles, it's normal to serve. Lift your hands and worship. Oh, you go to that church. That's fine. And we are that church. That's okay. I'm fine with it. When we start talking about living different, this is where it gets challenging. Because this is where it shows. This is where the public sees, ooh, they are different. Which, by the way, if you live in the kingdom of God, you will live different. Meaning this. We have different values we have different convictions. We have different behaviors. We operate our finances differently. We lead our families differently. We do. Let me say it like this. We live in the world, but we're not of it. 
we don't necessarily do life the way the world does it because their source is from all the things. But our source is from the is the creator of all things. See, we live differently. And until you own that we're different, you will forever live your life trying to be the same. And better yet, you'll pass it on generationally to your kids because you'll be so afraid they don't fit in. You'll do everything you can for them to fit in. And later on, you would wish that they didn't fit in with everybody else. We live differently. And I, I, I share this message with you today as encouragement, but also as a challenge. Because I get kingdom living isn't always easy. It's not. It's challenging, man. There are real influences out there. But it comes back to what are you looking for? What are you seeking? Can I say it like this? What is your vision? Because all the riches of the world pale in comparison to the blessings of God. You could be rich with a crazy family. I'd rather be my family be whole than to be rich. Now I need a little cash. You know what I'm saying? Because we like to eat. We got bills to pay. But God's my provider. How are you living today? I told you last week, this is the kind of message that changes your life really changes your life. And I'm thankful that I've got to live long enough with my own family and see things in my own family where I'm, I'm now seeing the return of the investments that we have made, the times that we said no to our kids and had that little spat, you know what I'm talking about? The times that we said, uh, you're not wearing that, still doing it, by the way. Still doing it. Where are you serving at this week? Still having that conversation. Still doing it. We're not going to miss surge for every little thing. We're going. Those kinds of conversations. Where, where, where this is our norm. You know what I'm saying? This is our norm. For a lot of people, this isn't their norm. Going to church isn't their norm. That's not the norm. This is just what we do when we can. This is the norm. And we've got to shift our thinking. Come on, church. We've got to shift our thinking from believing that I'm going to get all the blessings of God just living any old way that I want and just pull the fire, uh, the fire alarm whenever things get bad and God's going to come rush and save me. And you're right. He will come and save you. But come next week because I'm going to help you to see the other side of it. Because God doesn't want to just save you. He wants to change you to make you who you're supposed to be. Amen? i got to finish. Everyone stand to their feet this morning. If you say, Pastor Wade, I want to dedicate my life to kingdom living. I want you to step out of your seat and I want you to come stand down here at the front. Yep, in front of everybody. I know, man. I know. A lot of the preachers do that. I want to dedicate my life to kingdom living. And I know that means change. That means dedication. Yeah. New priorities. Yeah. 
kingdom marriages, raising kingdom kids, kingdom finances, kingdom businesses. You know what I'm saying? Kingdom businesses. Kingdom. I want you all to lift your hands all across the front of the stage this morning. I just want to pray over you today. Father, we're searching. We're seeking. We have looked in a lot of places trying to find what only you give. But we know that you are the source of life. And today we look to you, our Father, who is the provider, our Father, who is the creator, our Father, who is the Lord, our Father, who is able to do all things, our Father, who gives us purpose, our Father, who leads us and guides us. Today, God, we look to you and we commit our lives, Father, to kingdom living. Not just going to church, not just having a Christian belief system, but truly putting you first in our lives and put what you're doing first in our lives. And I pray for every person that stands with me today with their hands raised. And Father, I pray that you will see the interest, but also pray you will see the investment of their lives. Many of them have already given and served and have put their lives in the place for you to use them. They say, God, I'm available for your service. I pray, God, for your reward to come back on them. The times that they have given in prayer, the times that they have given in the children's ministry when the good sermon was preached, the time that they gave pushing the buttons and fixing the coffee, the times that they sat in the coffee shop with that friend whose world was falling apart and they just encouraged them to keep going and keep trusting God. For those who had led that small group, I pray God that you will see the investment. For those that have put that offering in the offering plate, for those that stretch that month to make it happen. Father, I pray that you will see the interest and the investment, and I pray that you will return it, that it was not for void. It was not for void, but it was an investment in the kingdom. And Father, I just pray that as a church, we will be a kingdom church. That we will be actively pursuing you, seeking you, not trying to do what everyone else does, but do what you have called us to do. And today, Father, we surrender. We surrender it all to you, and we say, it's your way. It's your way. We're following you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, this is the kingdom. This is the kingdom. This is the kingdom.